I'm Alan, and my pronouns are they, them. I'm Kaylee, and my pronouns are she, her. And my name is Danielle. My pronouns are she, her, and you are listening to Target Snark It, a weekly podcast from Broad Digital Consulting. And we're back with part two of Humanity in Business. Last episode, we discussed the downside of forgetting our data are people and that your team is not a machine and are, in fact, also people. So let's pick back up where we left off. And Owen, why don't you tell us more about this people having lives outside of their jobs thing? Yeah, so I'm mostly going to throw some some interesting stats I found at you and see what you think. Without going into one right away, it's that if we have bad work-life balance, we don't feel good. And then we don't do well at anything, let alone one thing. But also, I I found it really interesting that a lot of the sources I looked up for, for this talked a lot about telepressure, which is technology-based. Like, we work in an increasingly technological space, no matter what job you're working at, really. And also just as people, we are more available via that technology. So telepressure, expectation that you'll check and respond to emails outside of work has been shown to cause physical and cognitive burnout. Wow. Bad sleep, which leads to sick days and A lot, like you'll see around the world, countries like trying to lock down on this. It's like so bad for public health that some countries are like, we're going to create laws around this. Like in Germany, like in Germany, employers are not allowed to contact employees when they're on vacation. Good. Yeah. I wonder what happens if they do. I should have dug into that deeper, but I'm sure fines, slaps on the wrist. In France, it's stipulated that digital and consultancy sector workers, which marketers, advertisers hey. largely fall into um, or totally do, could not be contacted before 9 a.m. or after 6 p.m. I love this. I know. I, I, I love this idea. Although I'm I'm definitely guilty of the after 6 p.m. <laughs> I was going to say, like, it, it would suck for me because I like to, like, you guys go to bed nighty night. And then I'm like... <laughs> Over on the Pacific coast. And I'm like, you know, God, I right. would die with the 9 a.m.s because I I just message you all as soon as I'm awake. <laughs> oh, well, and you're you work earlier than any of us. Yeah. I, like I'm <laughs> seeing with some of our clients now, there's like definitely a move to go to like no meetings before 10 a.m. Eastern. Love and that. I'm like, uh, hell yes. Let's everybody adopt this because girl is at her desk right <laughs> around 10 Eastern most <laughs> of the time, like 930 if we're nasty. Right. And like, <laughs> I know, but I, I mean, I think like, so how do you handle something like a nine to six? Obviously that seems like probably something that's a little easier if you're all in the same time zone. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you're not like, thinking about, you know, how can listeners do be more humane? I think some of it is like, Alan, you found those, was it you or was it Lenny that found those incredible email signatures? I mean, they highlight like, this is, these are the times that I'm available. And like, this is the time zone that I operate in. These are the days that I'm available for meetings. And and I have in there, I work odd hours. So if you receive correspondence from me, do not feel pressured to answer outside of your working hours. Uh, that's it because like for me, and I know, you know, for most of the team, even if Kaylee doesn't want to admit it, you know, ADHD is a thing. And <laughs> Kaylee, we've got your numbers. So I've never hard. been diagnosed. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Um, like, I think that, you know, when you're taking a look at, at that, I often have to, I'll even say in Slack, like, Hey, I know you're off or I know you're away. Do not feel like you need to answer this right now. I just need to get it out of my brain. Yeah. And so, but also you have to not just say that you have to actually mean it. (laughs) There are some great TikToks 
about like working for different generations and the like, have you seen those Kaylee? Yeah. <laughs> Danielle, you're on TikTok too. I'm sorry. I but. was going to say, wow. All right. I'm young. It's because I'm the young one here. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I think that's a really good practical way to discuss that because Alan, like you said, you know, you work later than us by virtue of time zone. And eventually in like six months, you will work earlier than all of us. <laughs> and so like when you're working with a, a team across multiple time zones, I think, you know, respecting meeting hours, like, I, you know, Kaylee, I know you remember when we would have to do clients, uh, client workshops in Australia. Sometimes that means like 6 p.m. for us, but, you know, we try not to go any later than that. I just had a call yesterday with a prospect that is in California, and so I was on a call at 7 p.m., and I think the biggest reason that she scheduled it for that is she didn't know I was on Eastern time. So as soon as we started and I mentioned something about the weather in Brooklyn, she was like, oh my God, you're on Eastern time. It is so late for you. Let's just get into this. And so just like respecting people's time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you moved our weekly stand up to, I think, 10 a.m. or something, my time. And it used to be like nine, which isn't bad, but also like, I didn't love it. And like, <laughs> you moved it for the new year. And like the last three weeks, to be honest, it's been such a relief. I can't even tell you why. It's just like a little difference. And like, yeah. but it made a huge difference in like, I can get to my desk and I can like admin and like mm -hmm. be an ogre an awful ogre before I have to like <laughs> lead a meeting, you know, right. make a big difference. And, and having even an extra 15, 30 minutes, I think people need to do, need to respect time too. When you're talking to people who have a lot of meetings, like if you, and this is a way managing up is a concept that I think we can save for another podcast. I have mixed feelings about managing up, but like, I think a, a good way I've seen that uh, that some folks do it is like, if you're talking to somebody, I have clients that I know are in back-to-back -back meetings all day, every day. Like their job is pretty much meetings, right? Yeah. Is to try and end five minutes early. Like set the meeting and do a hard stop at five minutes early. And also for you to respect your own time, to be able to say, I need a hard stop at this time because I'm in back-to-back -back meetings and like set the expectation early. Because like, we all need to go potty. Yeah. And like, I was left to my own devices to make myself lunch today. And there are still two craft singles sitting on my desk somewhere with a box of crackers that never got opened. So like, <laughs> like because I just had a lot of shit to do today. And so I, I, this is not uncommon Alan, when you talk about the telepressure, I think it's interesting, like in the pandemic, we saw way too many people not respect humanity, period. But like corporations all patted themselves on the back in, in this giant circle jerk around like, we let everybody work from home. Aren't we giving, you know, that we didn't put our employees in danger of dying and instead, the behavior just shifted to what I felt like was very big brother. It was like, this is where you started to see a lot of the um, the screen monitoring software. Ugh. And like, people just expected you to work around the clock because it for, you know, the first time ever, everyone knew what everyone else was doing and you weren't fucking leaving the house. Awful. I think that's where some of that telepressure comes from. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had a boss that required you respond to an email within two hours. And my wee little brain, you know, 25, like 24 first job. I'm like, OK, so when it's when I get an email at 10 o'clock, I got to respond before midnight, like. That's I did that multiple times because I was like, I'll lose my job if I don't respond in two hours. Well, for what? Just, 
(laughs) Right. To say nothing of, Alan, like you, we've talked about, you know, productivity and like performing your best. Again, it is a fact that has been proven over and over and over again that it takes something like a full two two plus minutes. I think it actually, I think I'm actually undershooting. I think it's actually far more than this, that when you change tasks and get distracted, trying to go back to it, there, there is a lot of time wasted in that. And so you lose productivity time by insisting that people respond Mm -hmm. to emails in a certain period of time. Um, My husband was just telling me that they did some kind of survey of uh, New York customers in the space that he works in. And I, I won't say, but like in the space that he works in, they're New York customers and it is not a tech space uh, or they are not tech customers rather. They expected somebody from his company to respond to their emails in an hour or less. What? And when Tyler told me that, I was like, fuck off that is that is that is just a a, to me an indication of my time is more valuable than yours always yeah and like I get it you know Tyler works for a vendor these customers you know that is their vendor I get wanting quick answers from a vendor but you are not the only thing going on in their day yeah you're not their entire world. No. And like, we shouldn't be that for anybody. Like, even if we take it out of the business con context, like dating, like. This is great advice, what? Alan. You say it again and louder for the people in the back. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> <What a> girl. <laughs> you don't have to respond to that text, even if you're not doing anything. Okay. No. You know, like people can wait you can set boundaries around your time and and honestly like as individuals like you guys are also my friends if someone was doing that to you while you were dating them I'd be like red flag get out right (laughs) (laughs) to be fair you tell us to break up regardless I feel like (laughs) you're you're the breakup friend you're the no just break up dump them Mm. I'm Move so on. sorry. Like, I'm working no, on it. It's wonderful. <laughs> like, I'm working on it in therapy. Okay. It's, it's <laughs> no, I it's think a little you can bit say- of an avoidance pattern. <laughs> you can say that with friends too. Like, even when your friend goes into a new, <laughs> a new stage of life. Like, for example, when my sister had kids, or going from one kid to two kids. Like, you're not getting a text back from her for until bedtime. Right. Like you're on that kid's schedule now as a friend. Right. And like, we, we do, I mean, not everybody does this. I look at me acknowledging the humanity in others. Uh, (laughs) I've I've always been really like understanding and patient. Like you said, Kaylee, when somebody, a friend of mine is entering a new stage of life, when they are planning a wedding. Mm Mm-hmm. You all had to see me do this this firsthand this last year. <laughs> they're planning a wedding when they're having a baby or they just had a baby, even when they're entering a new relationship or they start a new job or they're moving, just having patience, flexibility, understanding that like you and your conversation and your text is not the most important thing in their world right now. And I just feel like managers, coworkers, uh, employees, just in general, people could stand to bring more of that understanding to a working environment. Like, yes, people are getting paid to respond to your emails or whatever, but responding to your email is one one hundredth of their job description. I was talking to a client yesterday. We um we are working with this client in the finance space on uh, trying to get their marketing team up to speed and um, helping them with a content strategy. And we asked them to grade themselves on how they were doing content. And 
um, they gave themselves an A in resourcing, meaning they had a lot of, they had the people that they needed to create the content that they needed to create, but they gave Mm -hmm. themselves a C minus in content. And we were like, "Hmm, that's interesting, like weird disparity. But when I, when I probed a little further on that, I asked like, tell me, do you have, if you, if you give yourself an A in resourcing, but you're not producing the content, do you have a content calendar? And they were like, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We have a content calendar. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I was like, but you know, you're all writing the content, everybody in this call, there's like four of you, you have a calendar. Are you adhering to deadline like do you have things on the calendar like it's one thing yeah. you can have a calendar like have you is have it you used? scheduled this <laughs> right are you using it and they were like oh yeah absolutely we have all of our product content on there and I'm like okay okay do you have any educational content on that mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. and I'm like I'm not understanding <laughs> like you have a calendar you say that you use the calendar but the content's not getting created so I'm not I'm not understanding like do we not have a strategy are we being reactive about the calendar no 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 no. we plan the calendar we got the calendar planned for the next couple of months so what's happening and the the manager says to her uh her marketing specialist like hey can you take a look at the marketing queue and tell danielle how many tasks we have in there active right now and this woman opens up the queue and goes uh i i can't I can't count all of them right now, but it looks like it's like just over 1200 in the report that I'm getting. And all of us were like, what the fuck? You have, when everything is a priority, nothing gets to be a priority. Oh my gosh. You consider, and, and it was super helpful because like the VP of the department was on the call and it was so helpful to have her there to be like, do you see this? Like, this is what your team is dealing with. Yeah. You don't realize that they're not creating content because they have literally 1,200 tasks between the four of them that are due now. Yeah. That is undoable. Like, Alan, I I helped calendar daddy you today with, you know, (laughs) removing things off of it. Like, that you have to be able to respect the fact that there are other tasks. And that's why, like, I try to ask the both of you, like, hey, what's on your plate? If I give this thing to you, am I going to find you broken, crying in a corner? Yeah, like, I actually lie. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. I know you do. We have literally, we have literally just planned for you to lie. <laughs> We have, we have backup plans for Kaylee lying. <laughs> and it's usually remember, remember boundaries. I don't have them. <laughs> so yeah, I know. Alan, what were you going to say? Uh, that's, I was just, I know that's why I did that weird. I know. Oh, it's um also like the very common experience of overwhelm when, or, or flooding when you see 1200 tasks that you have to do. It's oh, yeah. really hard to totally. break that down and start tackling things. So like a team of four looking at that, each individual is dealing with this immense overwhelm that like floods their system. Like, yeah, I think that's just like really wild to ask of people again, like, like biologically, psychologically impossible. You said undoable, like it's not doable, you know? Yeah. No, but thanks for daddying me. I didn't need it. Honestly, I think that, I think that if you're a people manager, that, that should a hundred be a hundred percent be part of your responsibilities and a way for you to treat your team humanely and show them that you value their time and are willing to respect it and respect them as humans and not just automatons that produce things, you know, to, to be a calendar daddy be the count, be the to-do list daddy and like jump in and like daddy the fuck out of it. This can wait till Monday. This, this can go behind this. This is your most important priority. This thing needs to be done before the end of the day. But all of these tasks, I can do this, this, and this, we can give this one to that person over there. Like helping organize people is not, I mean, like, you know, we joke that like your calendar daddy, this is not like a grown up child relationship this is very much like sometimes 
And I know neurodivergent people especially get frozen in this and go, I do it. I go like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? How do I do all of this? Mm -hmm. And that overwhelm, exactly like what you said, just what did you call it? Flooding. Flooding. I think that's the, the term for it in psychology. I don't actually, I think that's, at least that's what we used in dog training, which actually leads us to our next topic pretty well oh, <laughs> sure sure yeah no the that uh, the humans make mistakes yeah um but just like to to wrap up the daddy conversation uh I think I think that like this is this is something that's like you said Alan it's very common it's common to everyone and there is no shame in like needing a daddy and you should proactively be that daddy for somebody else on your team uh, you know a coworker um even sometimes a manager like Alan sometimes when you're like look what like what do you have going on what can we just rearrange for you it's a very simple way to essentially it's like you know bringing you back to dating sometimes it's better to advise when you're not in the middle of the situation right like we know Mm -hmm. that sometimes people are just too close and they go I'm mired in it am I not seeing things right and so you give your friend advice about their terrible boyfriend and you go yeah no you are a little bit too close to it and like fine we can do that for each other in the workplace too and rearrange priorities and help them become unstuck really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're not failures, right? Like I'm a project manager. Someone might be like, you shouldn't need someone to calendar daddy. You, you are the calendar daddy, but that's not true. Like I am too close to it. And it's, I do it all day, every day, press the little dates and the assignments and the I'm in the fucking program. And sometimes I just need someone not in there to be like, help, you know? Well, also, how the fuck are you supposed to know what is the biggest priority to me if I never communicate it to you? If everything is due today, then nothing can be prioritized unless I tell you what needs to take priority. Right. And so like, you can't know if somebody doesn't communicate that. So like, yeah. no, even though I rely on you as as my, my PM to calendar daddy me sometimes, like I also can't expect that either one of you would be your most effective without me saying, hey, actually, and I've said it to Kaylee, I've said it to you a million times. Hey, I know you're working on this right now. I need you to drop that because this just came up and this takes priority. Yeah. Yeah. And how would you know if you didn't ever get told, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah like you said you know you're not you're not a failure that is probably like a shitty awkward transition into the third thing and the final thing that we were talking about which is just that humans also fucking make mistakes and they learn in public like if there is anything that is uh not maybe uniquely human but like consistently human it is that none of us are are perfect our perfect are perfect and we do make mistakes and i think I I will not let this be a, a, a shit show on cancel culture. Again, different pod. It's all garbage. Cancel culture. The the concept of 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 the fact that we even have a cancel culture is stupid. It's not real. Anyhow, uh, I digress. Back, which is we all need to be a little bit more forgiving, maybe, and also recognize the humanity in others. But I feel like that's where a lot of people stop, right? They go, you should recognize the humanity in others and you should forgive people and people make mistakes. And so, you know, you should you should just let it go. And what they really mean is I'm human and I make mistakes. So I want you to forgive and excuse any mistakes that I make and never bring them to my attention. And they forget the other part of this that like, yes, to, to err is human. Uh, to forgive is divine, but also to fucking apologize is just like, I don't know, mature, adult, 
just you be okay with apologizing and and apologizing graciously. You know, we're we're obviously learning in public here on this pod. This is something we're going to be doing potentially a lot of here. We're going to be learning as we're going. And part of that is like, we're literally learning, right? Like I've already learned a ton from the guests we've interviewed that hopefully our listeners get a lot from too. But you learned marketing today and psychology. today I got an MBA. <laughs> I used some Latin. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, but yeah, I mean, part of it too is inherent in the issues that we're discussing. You know, we've already uh, recorded episodes on brands performing activism for marginalized community and on diversity and equity and advertising on fake news on the ethics of search algorithms. These are new problems. And when I say they're new problems... <laughs> They don't seem like new problems. Like DE&I has always been a problem, right? Like uh, brands performing activism, like marginalization has always existed, but brands performing activism to the point where they are now is kind of a new-ish problem. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, like the Overton window is shrinking constantly. There are things that are now permanently part of the zeitgeist that were not like five years ago. Like I don't recall knowing that they, them pronouns existed six years ago. And now I'm like pretty good at using them when I need to. (laughs) Or even just acknowledging that somebody might have different pronouns. Like that is something that has become a permanent part of the zeitgeist that, that maybe some circles knew about, but like not mainstream circles. Right. And so Will all of our conversations on this pod age well? I doubt it. I super fucking doubt it. And they're recorded for eternity. So there's that. Uh, Yay, internet. (laughs) Yay. Yay. Will we always say the right things? Also doubtful. But does that mean that we're like, hey, I'm human too and I make mistakes. So fucking what? Shut the fuck up. I just roll that way. No, like. We're going to fuck it up. But knowing that isn't an excuse to therefore fuck it up. We're definitely going to be cognizant of those things. And we're going to have to apologize appropriately if it happens. And we'll have to reap the consequences if it does happen. And hopefully we can build enough trust with our listeners that they find it in them to give us the benefit of the doubt if it happens. And they know that we will do what we need to do to make it right we we do all make mistakes and i feel like sometimes you know we do forget that i think we're all in this facebook group that i'm thinking of that i'm not going to name out loud but it is specific to marketers and <laughs> the group has been occasionally appropriately accused of just existing to drag people you know like they yeah. post <laughs> <laughs> the Facebook group specifically is just like, yeah, it's it's posting ads and being like, what the hell? Like that's right, it. Right. <laughs> or like email fuck ups. That's my favorite. Because like email is the least forgiving platform. Oh, oh yeah. And we we know this from experience. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it is the least forgiving platform because once it's out there, it's out there. You don't get to recall it. There is no like editing an ad or anything like that. Like it's out there, right? And so like, I, the group does a lot of dragging. I'm, I've been a part of that. Like, it's fine. But, and, and sometimes it's appropriate, right? Like sometimes the mistakes that get posted are like, whoo, uh, that was fucked up and not okay. You know, I, my favorite are always the ones that happen like they're like September 11th or they're like Memorial Day and the group just goes nuts with like all of the ads that people get that are like, <laughs> like this sale's gonna burn both your towers down. Like it's it, like, it's not cool <laughs> at all, at all. And so... I think it's sometimes appropriate, but also sometimes it does get really nitpicky. And I think it's a good thing to remember that like we're humans, right? Like companies are so fond of blaming mistakes on the intern, which is just shitty. And it suggests that the only people who are capable of mistakes are college kids, right? But or people you're not paying. 
oh yeah <laughs> there's that one, that one too yeah like and I I guess I I hope that this pod is a, a good way for people to check themselves so they can avoid being dragged but also to forgive themselves and learn how to learn in public without being defensive being willing to admit that you might have been wrong and being able to apologize for it when you don't get it right. And I would love to see the day where corporations don't blame something on the intern and also be like, and the intern is fired now (laughs) because like, there's no way we can fact check that thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So how often are we lied to? And it's like, oh, we just like said we fired the intern, just like appease the masses kind of a thing. Like maybe we're wrong on both sides that maybe we don't need to demand that somebody gets fired every time a mistake happens. And also maybe we don't need to fire people (laughs) when mistakes happen. I don't know, but what if if, it depends on the mistake? What if we yeah. saw like actually the CMO went above everyone's heads after six months of preparation for this campaign and decided a thing and posted it? He's mm-hmm. keeping his job. LOL. He's so winning an award awesome. next month. <laughs> <laughs> like I would actually be like on point. I, I would I would see something like that and be like highly believable actually <laughs> yeah i know it. most of you don't have interns but <laughs> but but, but a, uh an executive leader that overstepped their their bounds to make a decision and it ended up being wrong that yeah no i believe that actually that's a thing i'm i'm on board with no i mean like i think that you know, one of the other things that that we've discussed that we'd like to introduce to this pod, and this is something that you'll hear when we do our guest interviews too, is proving that, you know, we're all human, we all make mistakes. And I think, you know, the the advantage to uh, discussing our mistakes and learning in public is that it normalizes it for other people. People don't feel like so isolated because failure can be really isolating, right? Like mistakes can be really isolating. We often feel when we've made them, like we're the only people who have ever done this. And I know, I don't know about the two of you, but I know when I've made mistakes, <laughs> I go nuts trying to reach out to people and like, have you ever done this? Has this ever happened to you? Has it ever happened to anybody you know? Like, can you please, please validate me? I'm not out here on an island by myself. And I think it's important to to normalize failure, not because it's necessarily mistakes or something that we strive for or that we are okay with, but so that we can realize that not everything is a fireable offense and not everything needs to be blamed on the intern. And also we're human and our teams are human. And at the end of the day in marketing and business, maybe some of us are saving lives, but I feel like most of us aren't. So I want to ask about uh, your big, sad mistake stories. What is the biggest mistake you ever made on the job? Kaylee Allen, I'll tell you mine, but I don't care who who starts. (laughs) I'll go first because I'm lettered first. Mm. Um, (laughs) Mine was not... I wish it was longer ago than it was, but I was, (laughs) (laughs) it was, uh, when I went back into from behind my computer of being just an advertiser back into account management. And I was on a sales call with one of a new, with a new client and it is a, our favorite type of person, you know, mid a late 20s, mid 30s young man who is running the company that his older mother started. Um, They believed that social media was how they were going to make all their money. Anyway, their concept was to make all their purchases through a chat bot. And I came on this call thinking it was the discovery phase and I still have so many questions. I don't, how are you using a chat bot to make these purchases? Like, have you thought about other things? 
I was not aware that this man thought I had already built out the entire chat. He thought we were going to be running it that day. And so I'm asking him questions. He's getting so like just angry and like turning red on the camera. And so I message my boss, like, what's going on with this guy? And I was I was sharing my screen. So he saw that I had messaged my boss during the call asking what this guy's problem was, mm-hmm. um, which he did not enjoy seeing. <laughs> I wanted to talk smack about him. I will say that I my bosses were luckily millennial and they said like honestly there was miscommunication on our part about like where we were in where this conversation was supposed to be going. I think he was confused, we were confused, but also what? Like we almost lost we almost lost this guy. He demanded I be taken off the account, which oh. I was like I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> But also, I'm so embarrassed that all of this happened. Like, I'm glad I never have to see his face again. But yeah, that was probably my biggest mistake. He did not stay with us for very long either. Oh, oh that is my nightmare. Like, shared Slack channels. Exactly. I, I've, <laughs> like, I've, my heart has stopped when I've realized that, like, I've been on shared screen and then I get bored with whatever's happening and I, I tab somewhere else and I go, <laughs> my heart is stopped. Yeah. Oh, it's a nightmare. That's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a super relatable one though, too. Like it, uh, it has happened to me where someone has started talking about me and I've been on it. Um, <laughs> Which, like, again, I was like, whatever, dude. Um, But it's super embarrassing. It, like, it affects the person who it happens to more than, like, the person they're talking about, I swear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Alan, what about you? I know. Mine's not as relatable, but... I'm so excited. The title is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, as we've discussed, I was a dog trainer for 10 years. And I had this client with a Husky that pulled on the leash. Shocker of all shockers. And I went to meet up with this client and I was like, do a thought experiment with me. Like if you are going to try and sled (laughs) from, from Anchorage, Alaska to fucking Fairbanks, Alaska, what would you put on your dog to hook up to the sled? And like, the client like looked at me, looked at the fucking harness on his dog, looked at me and was like, probably that harness. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, because like when you clip a husky with a harness in the back and you pull backwards, they have something called oppositional reflex that makes them pull a sled. Right. So I switched them up onto a tool on, I think the neck or like what a gentle leader, um, something else that wasn't a harness. And when I first clipped it on the Husky screams, we're in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Bloody murder. I've I've watched TikToks of Huskies screaming and it is wild. (laughs) Husky screaming TikTok might be one of my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. And like, they're notorious for this. Right. So I'm just like, and he knew the client knew he's like, yes. I was like, oh, he's a screamer. So, like, so I moved forward with the lesson. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to teach you how to teach this dog, how to walk. We're going to go outside and the dog is quiet. And then we get outside and the, the Husky hits the end of the leash and just starts screaming. <laughs> And, and, and he's also managing to still pull. So he's pulling me (laughs) screaming down the neighborhood. And like, I keep being like, oh, he'll stop soon. He'll stop. He's just a Husky. He'll stop. No. Okay. End of the story is like, I let this go on too long because my nervous (laughs) system was like, (laughs) and I was like, just trying to fix it. I'm like trying to feed him treats, like do something. We get back in the house. Anyway, 
he like the client is like has huge eyes turns out neighbor is called animal control oh my god yep neighbors called animal control and then the client called my boss at at the dog training place oh my god yeah and so it was like this thing where like it looked like I was a dog abuser when it really was just the screaming husky (laughs) Kaylee like I was also fortunate that my boss at the time was like wow. Uh, My boss was like trying to be like, what tool did you have the dog on? Like trying to like, see like what I was using to like, and I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like nothing. Like it just wasn't (laughs) on its harness. It couldn't pull the sled of of its human, you know? (laughs) Uh, So my boss was like, like soothed the client, soothed animal control. And I got taken off the the client. Yeah. But all if that 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 client didn't finish their program, the other the other um trainer had an, an issue, personal issue with him eventually. So oh but wow that was that was horrifying and so it sounds like the two of you made mistakes. We're like, yeah, I got taken off the client. Turns out the client sucked anyway. But like, <laughs> so whatever. Great ending, sort of. Mine is not. Mine is not <laughs> like that. Mine is also like not funny. It's just horrifying. Cringe. And uh, Kaylee, like you, this happened more recently than I would like to admit. I'm pretty sure that I will still feel that way until it's been like 10 years. I think you will feel that way after 10 years. I do probably. (laughs) You will think about it and your body will shut down. More recent than I'd like to (laughs) Like I'm on my deathbed. I mentioned the story. Like it's, you know, it's true. Um, I was uh, consulting for a client I won't, I won't give any information other than they were a client that served other clients. And I was helping them with their internal marketing because they help other clients with uh, other types of marketing. So I was helping them with their internal marketing. I had spent a lot of time. I helped them uh, get their their email nurtures up and running, and things have been really successful. They uh, hadn't really had anybody paying. Um, they hadn't had a lot of resourcing available for their internal marketing efforts for a long time. And so we were really like building this, this case for like, we want more budget. We want, you know, more resources. Um, We have impact and we had had impact. Um, We had, we had done a lot of really good stuff, which is why then I recommended we move into advertising and we go big on an advertising strategy. And they didn't want to go as big as I had recommended. They go, uh, um, Just thinking about the end of the story. That's all. Uh, and it was fine. Right. No, I know for you too, because you know, um, and, uh, they didn't, they didn't go as high as I wanted them to go, but that's fine. You know, everybody's got to start somewhere. And so I was running their Google ads and on Google ads, for those of you who have been operating in the platform for a while, you know that uh, years ago, there used to be a lifetime budget option. I wouldn't know if that is still in effect because after this mistake, I purposely took myself off of executing any Google ads. I'm in the platform a lot, but I don't build the ads anymore mm-hmm. on purpose because I have flashbacks. Uh, so we had I had always set lifetime budgets for Google ads. And uh, I built this ad on a Friday. And their whole budget uh, for, I believe the next quarter was like $10,000. So it was $10,000 for three months. And those of you who are in advertising know where this is going. Um, Now that I've mentioned both lifetime budgets as well as $10,000 for three months. Uh, I built the ad on a Friday at four o'clock and uh, I launched the ad. I, I am, I am religious 
about checking daily versus lifetime budgets because I am afraid of this exact thing. And I, in my recollection, feel as though I was religious. I still don't entirely know how this happened. If this was just my mistake or if my first reaction was that Google had had changed things to not have lifetime budgets anymore and the change actually took place in the nexus of this ad build. Uh, I would love to believe that's the case. The likelier story is that I fucked up uh, and I'll own that. Sergey Brin and Larry Page are out to get you specifically. Uh, specifically, <laughs> specifically. Um, I, uh, I made it at four o'clock on a Friday. I launched it. I shut my computer and I didn't think about it. And then on Monday afternoon, I went in and checked to see how our first three days of advertising for the brand was going. And that's when I was very confused that over the weekend, we'd spent $38,000. So remember how their budget was uh, $10,000 for three months. Um, we had already spent $38,000. And I turned it off. My heart stopped. I know that I went completely white because I walked out to the room where my husband was and he thought that somebody had died. I could not actually get words out for what happened. Uh, and I know like for the, for those of you listening along, if you could see the, the face palms that are happening <laughs> on my co-hosts as they, as their hearts stop along with mine on this journey, uh, I, I could not get words out and I had to, of course, call the client and let them know what happened. I tried to collect myself because, of you know, you want to make sure you have all the information, right? Like, how the fuck did this happen? Because I still don't even realize that I did this, that I fucked it up. I, I have no idea what's gone on. And so because I'm convinced that it's a mistake, I am like, I need to reach out to Google. So for those of you playing along at home who understand advertising and platforms, you know that none of these platforms have any fucking concern at all with providing any level of support. No. This uh, was also during a time where their tech support uh, was stretched super thin and they were in low volume numbers. Um, so... Uh, I was told essentially that uh, good luck if somebody gets back to you, hope it works out for you. When I, when I sent in the email and I sent in, I sent in emails, I tried calling. When I called, I got redirected to email. I finally, after like two days, I, I had to tell the client uh, that same day, um, oh, yeah. but I, I let, I let them know, like, I think that this is a mistake. I think we can fix this. And when I finally got a hold of a Google rep on chat, uh, he told me in no uncertain terms to go fuck myself and that I definitely fucked this all up. Uh, and I was still not convinced. And I tried to escalate it to a manager. I, I was Karen that day uh, and uh, did not did not get anywhere, actually. And so had to send my client contact an email that um, this happened. I still don't know how it happened. I'm still totally confused because I, I could swear I know that I checked before I launched to make sure and it still happened. Uh, they had no choice but to let me go. I mean, I 100% I get that. Like yeah. that is, I, I accepted that. It was like, a this is, this is the least harm that could come to you is no longer working with this client. They did want to sue me for the overage. They were talked down by my contact, uh, which was so fortunate. Uh, she is a hell of a human being and she was an incredible manager. All of this aside, um, she has even now uh, kicked clients our way because she still trusts in, you know, my abilities to, to strategize. It's just, it was a huge fuck up. Uh, my mentor told me essentially like, well, they they did get all the results for that budget. They just, you know, 
got them all at once. And I'm like, that's, I feel like that's not helpful. You know, I don't feel like they'll appreciate being told that. Uh, I didn't tell them that, uh, of course. <laughs> oh. Uh, and and luckily, you know, they were a larger company. This didn't put them underwater. It was part of their marketing budget. It's just that that, you know, extra $28,000 got spent way faster than planned. And unfortunately, uh, I, I don't know what happened after that, but I do, I, I still feel awful for the marketing team in the wake of my fucking terrible mistake because, you know, they'd worked really hard to, to try and, and build up internal marketing use cases and, and mm -hmm. proof of concept. And then I just went and fucking blew all their budget on accident. So for those of you who know that this is your worst nightmare, I lived it and uh, still went on to scale a business and hire full-time people. So uh, yes, I got fired. Thank God I didn't get sued. Uh, but you know, now I've got a, a team that's dabbing on screen whether or not you can. So that is, uh, that's, a, that's my mistake. That is our pod for today. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Uh, we're all human. So let's both, you know, focus on that in our marketing efforts and also cut each other a little slack. We're all doing our best out there. And uh, quote unquote, trying time seems like a good way to sum up the last six years at least. Uh, you know, we try to also provide action items at the end of each pod. I think some good takeaways that you can implement literally tomorrow, this week, as soon as possible are, you know, I'm going to throw out the, are you sure? Sustainable, humane, ethical, responsible. Are you? Uh, <laughs> but, but also, you know, I, I personally think a great takeaway is to be a calendar daddy for other people and allow yourself to find a calendar daddy. What do you, what do you all think? Uh, good action items. I think. A good action item is, you know, call a calendar daddy when you need one and step up and be one when someone's gotta. But yeah. also just forgive people and remember that if mistakes are made, even if it's infuriating, if Danielle is on your marketing team and she just spent $60,000 in three days, you know, she's, we're all human. And sometimes you just <laughs> got to take a breath. Like it's, it's, even though it's the end of the world for some people, it's really not. It's really not. Like, Alan, what about you? Uh, you guys touched on so much, but maybe, maybe it's like have boundaries, respect boundaries, both. Yeah. <laughs> treat not not just treat other people the way you want to be treated, but treat other people the way they want to be treated. Yeah, that's good. Like, I like that not everybody is you. And so understanding that and seeking to understand that, seeking to understand that not just in your customer, but also in your colleagues uh, is really a first step in being more humane. So, all right, go be human, go see humans, keep listening to us humans. Yay. Until next time. Hey, bye. Thanks for tuning in to Target Snark It, a weekly podcast brought to you by Broad Digital Consulting. Our podcast is hosted by Danielle Bilbrook, Kaylee Myers, and Alan Connolly, and produced by Margot Gill. You can always learn more about Broad Digital Consulting on our website, broad.digital, that's B-R-O-A-D dot digital, or you can find us on social media using the handle at Target Snark It. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And if you're feeling so inclined, we'd love for you to review our pod if you like what you're hearing. 